Thanks for tuning in to Portico's online campus. During this season when so much of life has been altered, our online campus is still a great way for us to gather together as a church. Remember, the church is not a building, the church is people. So as you watch, I'd encourage you to fully participate in the worship just as you normally would. Stand and sing with us. Sign in and join the discussion with our online campus chat hosts. And let the Word of God remind your heart that through all of this, He is still in control, He has not forgotten us, and He will continue to do great things in our lives and communities as we let Him lead us. So sign in, grab your Bibles, and get ready to join Portico Online. Well, that's just fantastic to continue to be able to see everybody's Christmas pictures and even give us a little bit of insight into some of your favorite Christmas traditions. And we're, as we're in our last week, or sorry, our second to last week of our series here, Home for Christmas, if you're in the chat room this morning, why don't you let us know what are some of the Christmas traditions that you love that you're not going to get a chance to participate in this year because this is a very different year. Just let us know this is your chance to vent and this is your chance to maybe indulge yourself in some of those traditions without ever getting to participate in them. For me, I know one of the things that I'm really going to miss is how we typically all get together here at the Mississauga campus on Christmas Eve and there's a thousand people across this auditorium and everybody's lighting a candle singing Silent Night. That's that's enough just to carry me through a number of weeks into the cold winter, just the warm, the warm um, glow that we get from that experience. We are still going to have a little bit of a chance to participate in that with our online service, as we've already heard about, so make sure you're planning to join us for Christmas candle lighting anytime on Christmas Eve, but I know that's one of the traditions that I'm going to miss, and it's cool to see what you guys are writing in the chat room about the, uh, about the traditions that you're going to miss, but here's a better question. What are some of the Christmas traditions that you're still going to be participating in? Even though there's COVID, even though there's lockdowns, what are some of the things that you're going to do because it isn't Christmas without participating in this tradition? So you've found a way to make sure that that's still happening. Just let us know and we'll have lots of, lots of chat going back and forth. I know in my home, we've still been doing Advent and we still put up Christmas lights. And I know so I've seen some pictures on Instagram. People are driving around doing Christmas light tours in their cars. And there's even some people that are out in the middle of the street caroling. And there's lots of traditions that we're finding a way to still participate in. Because traditions are really important to each of us for different for different reasons. They, they evoke memories of Christmas's past and all of the joy and all of the fun that we had. We want to bring them forward into the next Christmas. And I mean, this goes with all different kinds of holidays. Traditions bring different kinds of feelings and emotions to us. And for some, it feels like you haven't celebrated the holiday until you've done a certain thing. Um, but traditions aren't the only way that we actually can celebrate a holiday like Christmas. Today, I want to talk to you about how we could be surprised by tradition. That the first Christmas, God actually interrupted the traditions of the Jewish people. The Jews were steeped in tradition. They had obviously participated in, in different laws that God had given them for thousands of years. And they did it month after month or quarter after quarter, or year after year. They did the same thing over and over, a, a culture that was just steeped in tradition. God interrupts 
some traditions that would have been just very normal for people. And he brings his plan for salvation into the world in the middle of their traditions. And he changed history and he changed their lives and our lives today. So I wanna take you to our key text and talk to you how you can be surprised by tradition this Christmas. And our key text is found in the book of Luke and it's chapter two. uh, And we're going from verses 21 through 33. And I have two main thoughts that I want us to reflect on when it comes to our traditions. And the first is this, that traditions can overshadow the meaning of Christmas. I think most of us can probably get a picture in our heads of a person who they will force the thing to happen during Christmas, regardless if people are into it or not. Like, who is, the, who is that family member that makes sure every year there is the family photo and the grandmas are sitting on the couch and the kids are all down below and there's people holding each other tight. And, and for some people, they'll go, they don't care if there was fighting going on before. They don't care if people are rushing out the door because they have to get home. They're saying, we're doing this Christmas picture. It's not Christmas until we take the picture. Or maybe there's, maybe there's a certain food that's eaten around your house that nobody likes. <laughs> They're like, it's Christmas, we're having squash. That's just the way that it is. Each individual ties different importance to different, uh, to different traditions, like I've already mentioned that for some people, they're, they're, they're trying to bring that joy back from Christmas's past into Christmas present. And they feel like, well, if we don't do it, then we won't have joy. And they want everybody around them to have the same kind of joy and, and participate in the same um, memory exercise that they're going through. But the thing is, is that for other people, they really don't have that same memory tied to the, to, the, to the tradition. And maybe for some of the kids that are sitting there at the bottom of the Christmas picture, they go, I hate being on the floor. I hate how uncle so-and-so squeezes me too hard. I hate being that close to people. I just wish we never did this Christmas picture. So for some people, it's this really important thing. And for other people, um, it actually is something that they don't wanna participate in, but, but we're trying to make something happen because of how important it is to us. And we frustrate each other by forcing tradition or abstaining from tradition. Now, I already mentioned that the Jews were deeply traditional and it stemmed from many years of the law. And I I wanna take you to the other side of Jesus' birth. And so he's, he's been born, the shepherds have come. And I want to mess with you a little bit of your understanding of maybe the timeline of how things happen, but, but look how God inserted himself into tradition and changed it and actually brought much more meaning into the lives of the people that participate in it. So let's go to Luke 2. Uh, you've already got your Bibles open, and let's start verses 21 through 22. Here's what it says. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, so they're still in Bethlehem, but they've been there for eight days, and the baby has been circumcised. And of course, circumcision... Was a, was a tradition that was, given, that was given to the Jews by God to show that they were set apart by, by God for, to be his chosen people. So every male baby was circumcised at eight days tradition. Um, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel even before he was conceived and Mary had uh, received that name. And then the time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses. Again, here we are, as required by the law after the birth of a child. Now, the time of purification was, uh, was 33 days after circumcision. So we're talking about 40 days after Jesus was born, they had to go to Jerusalem to offer their, their, um, their purification, uh, purification offering. Now they 
probably had not yet been visited by the Magi. So they've already, they've already been in Bethlehem, either in the stable or maybe they've gotten a, a different house. Maybe they're staying with family members because, of course, they had family members in that region. But it's now been 40 days, a month and a half. Off they go to Jerusalem, which is eight kilometers away. And we see at the end of this passage. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, for those of you who know the story, um, the, the, the family from there probably returned back to Bethlehem because the Magi had yet to come and visit. How would we know that? Well, let's pull up the timeline here that we have. Um, that We know that after the visit of the Magi, the family would escape to Egypt. And Herod eventually would kill babies under the age of two. And it says that it was based on when the star first appeared in the sky. So, so they're in um, they're, they're in Bethlehem. 40 days later, they go to Jerusalem. They probably return to Bethlehem, although we're not told, so we don't want to say for sure, but they probably return to Bethlehem. Then at some point in the next one to two years, they are visited by the Magi. And then Joseph is warned in a dream that, um, that they have to get out. So off they go to Egypt and then they return to Nazareth. Now, that's just history. But again, that messes with a little bit of our tradition. Like I thought the Magi were there on day one and I, yeah, we have to read into the story to see really what's happening. But the point for today is that Mary and Joseph were living their lives by tradition. And God was about to complete his most amazing plan, the plan that had been in place right from the Garden of Eden that had been prophesied for thousands of years. He had designs on changing the course of human history. He brings it through tradition. He wasn't going to do the same old, same old, but he was going to meet them in the midst of it. And the thing is, what they were doing wasn't wrong. The question is, did they see the new thing that God was doing? Or were they too focused on their tradition, which was circumcision and then the, the offering of purification. My question for us is, is it, is it possible that we are in a life-shaping, world-changing age of time right now, and, and God is orchestrating something very unique in our midst for his people and for the church? And are we so focused on maintaining what we've done for years and years that we're missing what he's trying to do in our present for our future? You hear it from Christian leaders today. They will, there's, there's a lot of talk about God is doing something different. God is shaping the church so that we can reach people in a different way, in a different age. There is, there is some consensus that God is transforming his church during this past year. And we know that God has always moved his people through difficulty. Uh, we have hallmarked the idea of Christmas, but when we, go, when we actually read the context of the story, we know that there was slavery going on. There was persecution. They traveled a long way. We, I made mention that surrounding the Christmas story, there is this, this infant genocide after Jesus' birth. The church eventually was sent out of Jerusalem because of persecution. Um, they lost their rights and some had even been killed. We know the story of Saul who became Paul. He was killing Christians. I believe that God is changing his church again in this season, that he's changing his people. In North America, we have had a season of church um, that has served its purpose. We celebrate it. We enjoy it. We've reached people year over year. In fact, I was one of the people that was reached by the traditions of the way that church has been celebrated. 
But we should not fight to hold on to traditions when God is looking to interrupt and insert himself into our tradition to help us get to the next phase that he wants us to get to. This, in fact, was essential not only to Jesus' birth, but to Jesus' teaching. When the Pharisees heard what Jesus was teaching and how he was changing things, they were, they were upset because they recognized they were going to lose their traditions. We see it in Matthew 5 and 17. We've got the verse here for you. Don't misunderstand why I have come, Jesus said. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. And the purpose for why we have always gathered as a church and why we've always celebrated Christmas and had concerts and lit candles was never about candles <laughs> and was never about songs and was never about tradition. Um, it wasn't about the feeling. It was about proclaiming that Christ came to earth and that he was the light of the world. The, the candle represents Christ's light. It doesn't represent a candle. So my question is, how might God be willing to or be wanting to fulfill his purpose in this day and age in, the way, in, in a different way in the middle of a pandemic when we're looking at what we've done as opposed to looking at what God wants to do into the future? This week, I talked with some, some of our people out in Milton, and they were able to lead um, a food drive on their street. They, they were just able to go and say, hey, we're collecting for the infant food bank, and I'd love to take your resources over to our church because we're doing something different. We're reaching people and spreading, um, and spreading light and life and hope into people's lives differently because we're in a different space. I know every week, my grandma, who's not able to attend a church, she's probably watching this morning, um, she and a friend listen to our service online and they're able to have this, have this participation that they might not even be able to go to church together, but because we're all online, we're reaching people differently. If we'll let him, God will reveal a new thing that he is doing and he'll reach people in a new way. But it might require us to release our grip on the traditions that we've always had. Which brings us to our second thought, is that, there, that traditions really are an opportunity to reveal Christ during Christmas. So let's go into the story. Um, God interrupted and inserted himself into their traditions. Luke 2, 25 through 27. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Now here it is. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah, and that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So we need to know that from the end of the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi, to this day that we're talking about with Simeon, there was no prophecy in Israel. And, and prophecy really is the Holy Spirit coming on a person and they're being the mouthpiece for God. They're speaking truth about present day. Sometimes they're speaking truth about the future. Now, in our day and age, if you're a follower of Jesus and, you've, and you, have, you have received him, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we walk with this assurance that God is with us and we hear him day by day. Prior to the day of Pentecost, all the people of God, they didn't have that privilege. There was a time when the Spirit would come on an individual, a king, a prophet, a priest, and they would have a revelation from the Spirit, but they didn't have the day by day. Now, it had been 400 years since Malachi 
had prophesied. That means 400 years, nobody had heard God's voice. God had not spoken to them. God was not leading them. They had, they had not heard a new word of God in 400 years. Think about how long 400 years is. Let's go back to the year 1620. There, was no, there were no cars. There were no electricity. There was no industry. That, it's, it's an entire different world. Can you even imagine a world where that doesn't exist? That's how long ago we're talking about. They, there was no expectation that God would speak and that there was prophecy. It's, it's, it was as foreign to them as a world without a light switch is foreign to you and I, let alone internet and all the things that we have today. Yet the Holy Spirit prophesied to Simeon. God led him to the temple. And he said, the day that you've dreamed about, um, the day that, that I actually laid on your heart from before, it's here now. And he interrupts the very normal thing that Mary and Joseph were doing. Every Jewish family went to the temple to offer this sacrifice of purification 40 days after they had a baby. A very regular thing, a normal thing. It would have brought all kinds of fantastic memories of how relatives in the past had gone on their 40th day to offer this sacrifice and participate in this worship just in the same way that for years and years we come to the church and we worship and we have these memories. And this thousands of year old tradition of presenting a child in the temple is the moment that God wants to meet Simeon and Mary and Joseph and say, I've got something new for you. And remember, the reason why we light candles is to tell people that Jesus is the light of the world. It is not so that we get a fantastic Instagram story. Even though every year I go on Instagram on Christmas Eve after I get home and I just scroll through people of the church and I, and, and I see all of the pictures and all the videos and we like it, but that's not why we do it. The reason we do it is because people need to know that Jesus is the light of the world. And just because our tradition has been interrupted does not mean that God doesn't want to speak to people. Look at Simeon's word in Luke 2 and 32. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. The question we should be asking ourselves is not, how am I going to light a candle this year? The question we should be asking ourselves is, how am I going to reveal the light of Jesus to the world this year? Christmas Eve, our online service, it's a service that we've entitled, Keep the Light On. And you're going to see some familiar faces. We've been able to get some different people and, and people to sing and people to play and people to read uh, the Bible story from the church, familiar faces that you might not have seen in nine months. So it's going to be a traditional heartwarming experience for us, but it's not the purpose for us. The purpose is so that we would be able to invite somebody to participate with us that does not know that Christmas is about Jesus lighting up a dark world. And this is a season when people need to know that there is hope, that there is light in what feels very dark. The last key verse in the text, or the last verse in the key text, is verse 33. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. They, they were there for tradition. Mary and Joseph were just doing what they were supposed to do. Yet God had so much more and he amazes them in the midst of this. How does God want to amaze you and I this season? This is, this is what I believe. 
I believe that if, if we could get our eyes off of the traditions that we've lost, and we had a little bit of fun at the beginning of the service to say, hey, what are the things we're not doing? What are the things we are making sure that we get to do? If we could get our eyes off of that and how we like to celebrate Christmas and get our eyes onto what God has purposed for us, God will amaze us. The Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple that day because he wanted to show him, I've got a new thing that I'm doing. Has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you? Have you if you've had personal times of prayer, personal times of devotion, has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you? I've, I want to lead you somewhere new. I've got something new for you. Listen to what he's saying, because God will amaze you in the midst of a difficult season if you can get your eyes off of you and on to him. And the new thing that he wanted to show Simeon was that the light of salvation was going to shine on all people who were in sadness, who were in darkness. Look at Simeon's words in verse 30 of chapter 2. Hope you still have your Bibles open. I've seen your salvation, says Simeon, which you have prepared for all people. He was gaining an understanding of God's purpose because the Jews up until that time, they really only thought that, that, that they, were, they were God's chosen people. Now they were God's chosen people. The law was given to them. God had set them apart. But Simeon on this day, he goes, oh, I see it now. This isn't for just us. This is the light for everyone. I'm finally understanding God what you have for us. And they're amazed in the middle. They're surprised by, by these things by what God is doing in their tradition. What are you going to do? Here's the reflection question for you. What are you going to do in your traditions and celebrations this year to make sure that you see God's plan for salvation in the same way that Simeon saw the plan? See, we can, we can force our traditions and you can, you can make the Christmas squash and you can find a way to put together a Zoom family Christmas picture and you will feel like, hey, we did Christmas. But you might miss the most amazing thing that God wants to do. What if he wants to change the way we celebrate a little bit and show up and lead us into a brand new space so that we would declare salvation to the world this year? And so that our traditions would, would move from being about the things that warm our hearts to the things that light the darkness. Christmas is supposed to be about how God redeemed the world, and we definitely have been guilty of forgetting that sometimes. What, what if God wants to surprise you and I this season? And just like he surprised Mary and Joseph and Simeon, and in the middle of a very normal thing, Simeon went to the temple to offer sacrifices as, as, one, of the, as one of the leaders every day. Mary and Joseph were just doing their family tradition of circumcision and then the offering of purification. We still have a few days left before Christmas, and hopefully you have been participating in our, in our, in our uh, 12 days of giving, and, and I've already seen some posts, and, and God has already showed up and surprised you, and just doing a very little thing like 12 days of being generous, God is already, is already showing up. Most of us know somebody who's sick, or we know somebody who's struggling, and they need to know that there is light in the darkness. What, what are you going to do to make Christmas be about sh- giving light for all people, just like Simeon understood that first Christmas. What are you going to do to participate in the greatest plan that God ever had that he designed from the day that, he, that, he, that was prophesied back in the Garden of Eden that the, that the head of the serpent snake would be crushed when he started from that day until 
this day that we see Jesus born, presented in the temple to the day that he beat death, God enacted a plan that was about bringing light to darkness. What are you going to do to bring hope in your traditions this Christmas? I believe God wants to surprise you. I believe God wants to amaze you and that he would do it if we would focus our traditions on him. Let me pray with you. Lord, thank you that we can come to a Christmas message and we can come to a story that we've probably read a thousand times. And Lord, maybe we've never seen it with these eyes and it's because we have never lived in a world like this. And God, I pray that this year, no one would have a season of Christmas that is lament and no one would have a season of Christmas that is darkness because that is the exact opposite of why you came and who you are. You are light and you are hope and you are joy. And Lord, I pray that we would not only experience that in our very different (laughs) Christmas celebrations this year, but we would also bring that to others around us. God, I pray that today and the next four days, as a church, as we participate in 12 days of generosity, God, help us do it with renewed energy saying, this is my purpose. This is why we celebrate Christmas. It's, It's not because of candle lighting and family dinners. It's to bring hope and light and life. And God, just like you showed up in the middle of Simeon day by day and Mary and Joseph's day by day and amazed them, God, we speak it into, in, in, we, we speak that you will amaze us and surprise us as we go about our Christmas activities this year. Help us keep our eyes focused on being light. God, thank you for what you are going to do. And I pray that as we gather together as a church uh, on the 24th, very differently, but we talk about how we leave the light on, that there would be many who would come to know you as their personal savior because of what you're doing. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that has been present with us in this service. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining with us in today's service. If you would like someone to follow up with you for prayer, please let us know by filling out a prayer request at portico.cc prayer. And please remember to continue giving to the ministry. Even though we can't meet in person, we are still a church that is meeting both the physical and spiritual needs of our community. You can give today by clicking the donate button on the top right-hand side of your screen or by going to portico.cc donate. All the latest updates of where and how the church is meeting during this season can be found at portico.cc slash COVID-19. And you can always stay up to date by downloading our church app on the Google Play or iTunes store. Thanks for worshiping with us today, and we hope to see you again next week.